0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Papa Bear Hikes. All right, wrapping up our 2022 Papa Bear Hikes Virtual Tramly, we have with us our friends Kevin and Leah, who recently, well, maybe not so recently, completed <laughs> the Appalachian Trail, right? It, it, it's been a few months, and if you're out there now hiking a trail, boy, what a, what a difference it would make trying to <laughs> summit Katahdin. But uh, Kevin and Leah, welcome back. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it. Now the last video I watched, which by the way, you guys did a great job. I want to say this that all of our trambly members just did a great job of documenting your your hikes this year. And you guys included did just a fantastic job. Thank you so much for sharing all that with us. Thank you. Now, the last video I watched was day 186. And I don't want to go into all the videos because I don't want to spoil it. Hopefully, people listen to this <laughs> and they watch your videos. Okay, everybody go and watch <laughs> all videos on YouTube. Okay. Uh, what we want to do is talk about your experience on the trail uh, in a summary, but if you really want to, I mean, again, you guys in the videos, get it across that what your experience out there uh, while you're out there, that's, what's so cool about the YouTube videos. Check out the channel. First of all, congratulations on completing the trail.
1: Thank you. Thank you
0: very much. Okay. Now let's start with this. Now that you're back home, you're rested. Um, i'm guessing at this point what you have from the trailer a lot of really great memories kevin uh, we'll start with you on this one
2: um yeah we're back home um we're dealing with the snow like you are as well up in minnesota um and all of the sicknesses sounding a little congested right now but uh yeah the the trail definitely provided with a, a lot of great memories a lot of meeting great people in uh lifelong friends, you know, after the trail. And how about you at this point, Leah, how are you feeling? I mean, you know, you're feeling healthy or, you
0: know, fighting off the usual winter, you know, this bug or that bug getting at you, but otherwise, how are you feeling?
1: We've both been a little bit under the weather, but um, yeah, everything's been going good. Today's like our three month anniversary from our summit. So missing the trail, definitely. I wouldn't want to hike it in this weather, but definitely missing
0: the trail as as a fellow hiker, you know sometimes you're out there, and you know if we're all going to be honest about spending any long, long periods of time backpacking, there are going to be those moments that let's just say aren't as good or memorable as others. I'll be blunt about it because I don't try to sugarcoat everything when I'm backpacking. they just downright suck, okay, <laughs> and we tend to forget about those moments, yeah. Um, and I know my, my own experience. I hike a trail. I did the Tahoe Rim Trail. I did a portion of that this year. And I got home and immediately said, I've got to go back and hike it. I, I had such a good time. And those bad memories seem to just kind of disappear. You know, that those days maybe when you weren't feeling so great or your foot was hurting. But for you guys and your trek on the Appalachian Trail, what was that big challenge for you guys? Did you ever have that moment where maybe you ask yourself, what am I doing out here? I could be home <laughs> in a warm bed. <laughs> I could be out of the rain. I could be eating a nice hot meal served to me.
1: Yeah, I think definitely everybody who does a through hike has that moment where they're kind of just like, why am I here? Like it's raining or, you know, you just don't feel well and you have a big day you have to do and you just kind of don't want to do it. But I think that everybody kind of gets over that and you're right that. Um, you do kind of forget about those bad days, and you kind of just remember all of the good times, so I think definitely every single person goes through that.
2: I would agree, I think that um, like we, at the beginning, you know, we had a lot of like tough cold nights, mm-hmm. um, you know, going over Max Patch was like a, a blizzard kind of day, uh, but like it didn't suck as in like we embraced it and, uh, it just made for like a really beautiful day. But then you go to the times where, um, like in the middle of the summer and you're just sweating and you're sweating and you, you take your clothes off and you're in the tent and you wake up the next day and you got to put all of the sweaty clothes back on (laughs) because it was so humid. It didn't dry. So I think that there was nothing to really look look forward to on those days, you know, like there was no moments. beauty in sweaty, wet
0: clothes. I know I I have all these little mind games I play in those situations and, you know, like, oh, only a couple of days from going into town and getting these dirty clothes cleaned up and dried. <laughs> yeah. I, won't, I won't remind myself that, you know, the next day I'm going to be back repeating all of that, of course, but, you know, <laughs> you know or I'm going to get a nice hot meal. Did either of you experience that where you kind of had to figure it out that, okay, mentally I've got to get myself through this?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we both did more than once, I would say. But yeah.
2: But it's it's like um you've brought up a couple times uh Leah brought up that, you know, it's hard to do something every day repeatedly and like you enjoy it, but eventually you get there's too much of it. So you got to like play the mental games with yourself in order to get past you know, like everybody loves a Big Mac, but you can't eat a Big Mac every day your rest of your life. You know what I mean? Well,
1: maybe.
0: We'll be, we'll be rolling down the AT from Georgia to, or rolling along the AT from Georgia to Maine if we did that. <laughs> I hear that from a, a lot of thru-hikers, almost every thru-hiker. It's just like the old embrace the suck element or, you know, remind yourself why while you're while you're out there because, like you said, it, it's a it's a routine. It could become monotonous, right? Because what do you do? You wake up in the morning, you eat your breakfast. And it's usually you're eating whatever you can fit in your bear bag or bear container, oatmeal, pop tarts, whatever it is. And, you know, at some point during the day, you're going to have your uh, tortilla wrap with peanut butter or whatever quick <laughs> lunch yeah. you know, or lightweight lunch. And then you're going to be you know, at the end of the day, you'll be rewarded with some sort of dehydrated um, yeah. meal. Yeah. And then for what? To go to sleep, get up and do it again. Yeah. <laughs> While you were out there, as you were going along, did you... Did you find yourself reflecting much on, okay, we just went through this really beautiful area or we're looking forward to getting to the next place. Like, you know, when you're, yeah, you go through a certain sections that can be a bit boring. Did you find yourself sometimes saying, all right, we're pretty soon. We're going to be in Vermont or not too long till we get to Katahdin.
1: Yeah. I think that um, crossing state lines was definitely like a boost in morale. Like every time you knock a state out, You're just, you know, one step closer to Katahdin or, I mean, I knew a lot about a lot of the, um, like attractions, I guess, or like the popular areas. So I was always looking forward to that him a little bit less. He didn't really know, especially in the Northern area. So I think for me, that was definitely like, you could, you know, cross these things off your list and it was a boost in morale knowing, you know, we're getting closer and closer and closer.
2: Yeah, I I didn't know, like, I didn't do much research. I mean, I've read some books, but they were like, probably six, six, seven years ago. So I didn't know much what to expect. So when everybody were around, they kept getting excited for things. And I didn't know what to expect. So like it, for me, it it helped out better. It made it more exciting, I guess. I think there's, and, and it may be a personality type. I tend to do
0: what you do. I'm going to hike a trail. I'll read about it, study it, look for YouTube. I'm a planner, yeah. Yeah, same here, right? To me, the planning is almost as much fun as the hike itself.
1: Yeah.
0: So you you, you have that where you're saying, okay, I've read about this area. Wow, isn't this cool? I'm actually here. You know, I've done this. As far as crossing state lines, I haven't through hiked the AT, but I've hiked like from Bear Mountain, New York up to uh, Killington, Vermont. I did that one year. Mm -hmm. And you kind of get a charge when you see that you know, Connecticut, New York border sign or Connecticut, Massachusetts sign. Right. I mean, you kind of feel kind of, you know, a little bit of an achievement. And yeah. and in your case, what you guys are doing, is like, yeah, we're one state closer to getting there.
1: Mm-hmm. Those and the uh, the mile markers, like whenever we would cross mm-hmm. like 100 miles or, you know, because they they're always marked with rocks or sticks or something like somebody always makes a marker like, you know, 1200 miles or whatever like every time we would cross those those would be a boost as well.
0: Looking back do you have any trail towns that stick in in mind? I mean because I know you got you know everybody that you get off you stay at hostels, hotels. Any off-trail experiences you could share with us that are are worth sharing?
1: Um I'd say I like Duncanon.
2: Is that yeah, what it was Dunn. called
1: with the Doyle Hotel? Yeah. I like that one. Um
2: they're under... Harper's Ferry
1: as well was a good one. Yeah. And we also took a break um, and got off and went to New York City as well. So that was part of our trail journey too, which was super fun.
2: I would recommend if anybody does do the the, the hike that to spend more time in Harper's Ferry. There's a lot of history in Harper's Ferry and we were kind of in and out of there really quick just due to scheduling. You know, we talk a lot about the trail itself and the experience,
0: the backpacking experience. But I think sometimes people fail to look at a bigger picture here, if you will, that there are so many off-trail experiences to take advantage of. You mentioned Harper's Ferry. People have taken a couple days off to go into Washington, D.C. I I really love it when I hear people say, yeah, I went into New York and visited New York. Because for some people, that might be the only opportunity you have to do that. That might be the one time you have that you're that close to a place like new york city to go in and visit so i love hearing that
1: i'd also say helen too that was like our first our first town that we kind of you know got off trail and went into town so yeah and that was the cutest little town and we met a lot of really um cool locals there as well
2: yeah our first um our first hitchhike picker upper person (laughs) trail angel um was um
1: Haley. Haley from, from the
2: Slice. She owns the pizza place at Slice. And uh we were just walking back. We got off the trail because there was a big snowstorm coming. And um we were just walking down the road and she just pulled over and was like, I'll give you guys a ride into town and your first meals pizza, on, yeah. on me and all that. Wow. It was really nice. Yeah. And that was like our first uh well, actually like our second trail angel, uh, but our first.
1: Our Hitch- first hitchhike yes, <laughs> which is something i was super nervous about doing so i mean she kind of eased my fears a little bit and helped that
2: it was another female
1: and and helped me not be so worried for the rest of the trail when we actually did have to get rides again
0: so hitchhiking is a lot of fun and more... <laughs> <laughs> in
1: yeah, my
0: it's book i have a whole chapter done, dedicated so. <laughs> yeah. yeah i i hitchhiked from johnson vermont all the way down to killington in a day um I had a small mm-hmm. section left to finish up the long trail. And I said, you know what? I could probably hitchhike into Burlington, take the bus down to Rutland or whatever. But now nah, I'm going to hitchhike all the way down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to pick the way I'm going to get there. Yeah, it's it's fun. And I think it's, but my experience now having hiked out west this past summer, it's definitely, I mean, I would, I would, I, I kind of was under the impression maybe it would have been people are more laid back out west, but no, definitely along the AT and like the long trail, the trails that go up the northeast, people just, uh, seem to be much more willing to stop and help hikers.
1: Yeah, I think it's because they—it's more of like a community when you're like around the AT. Like they know about the hikers and they know that you know giving us a ride would be like it to just make our day. You know, so I think that the the community around the AT, like in all the little towns and everything, is like something I wasn't expecting. Like, I think that's why I was so nervous to hitchhike is because that's not normal. But she had yeah, she had said that, you know, she picks up hikers all the time. And you know what I mean? So I think the community over there is just like a little different because they know what the hikers are needing.
0: Yeah, you you say uh, it's just not normal. Funny story. And again, this is in my book. Sounds like I'm shamelessly, you know. (laughs) trying to sell my book here, but I these, <laughs> listening to the two of you bring back great memories for me. Uh, My oldest son, we were in Vermont and then up in the northern part of Vermont. So I'd started, i had started, I started out southbound hiking it and we got to a road crossing and he said, you know, dad, you know, before we headed down to the road, he said, dad, you really want to go into town? That's another five or six miles. We've already hiked 11 or 12, probably closer to 14 by the time we get there. I said, we're not walking into town. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, we're gonna
0: we're gonna hitchhike. <laughs> and he looked at me like, what? What do you what do you mean? You know, somebody's gonna stop and give us a ride. I said, yeah. So we get there, and I said, okay, you get out there and put your thumb out. You're younger and better looking than me. You get out there. <laughs> Second car pulled over, and he looked at me like, you know, what, what just happened here? Somebody just
2: actually stopped and are gonna give us a ride. It definitely helps restore your faith in humanity. There's a lot of
1: there, yeah, there's a lot, lot of, of nice
2: people, people out, there. out there. Yeah, and that's a conversation
0: that is um, very common when I talk to people who have done any kind of multi-week type of hikes is and and I experienced this myself is that you really finish with a restored faith maybe in humanity that there are so many good people out there so many people that are willing to help strangers
1: yeah and like when you get trail magic and stuff like I mean one time we came across a guy his name's rooster that was his trail name um He had just had his truck parked out there and it was a snowstorm and he was letting hikers like sit in his truck, get warm, like with hot chocolate. We were in the middle of nowhere and he thought, you know, to come out there and help people out. So it's just like he said, it really restores your faith in humanity.
0: And how cool is it when you get to a trailhead after hiking all day? you know you're maybe got that last push to get to where you're going to camp and there's a cooler filled
2: with cold yeah. drinks it's
0: amazing <laughs> that some stranger left there for you yeah it's awesome
2: I always feel like it it's a it's always on like the most uh opportune time like you you needed it like it's like it it just it really means the world that to, like trail angel like um like Yukon Rasputin like mm-hmm. he like hiked a mile in like from like a parking lot so that way he could surprise people like he had just camped out overnight and people were coming up in the morning and he had like hot dogs and everything else grilling coolers full of beer and like, man like you like you just came down this this mountain and it's all like you were just slipping in the like the snow and mud like for the last like couple hours and then you run into him and it's like just like it a just, super huge boost. Yeah, of it just makes
1: your day. Like it's just like it's so nice, exciting, and it's just hot dogs and beer. You he had know? like he a little so...
2: snowman yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pointing over to the trail magic. Like it was, oh. it was
0: cool. Yeah, I had an experience in Massachusetts in 2019. Somebody had brought—I can't remember exactly where it was. It was near a road crossing. There was a dirt road that went up to this area. There was a picnic bench there, but somebody had set up like three or four water coolers. And somebody must have been going back and forth because this is like 4 30 in the afternoon and there was still a lot of ice and water in there on a really hot day and i thought wow you know how kind is that of somebody to and consider right. it is there right there's a lot of hikers going through here let me instead of them having to hike to the spring let me have give them some cold water right,
1: right. yeah <laughs> yeah and too in those areas the areas that don't have like a lot of water like in uh, pennsylvania and stuff when it's kind of the drier season Like everybody that puts out, you know, all those gallon jugs of water, like that really, really helps.
0: And that's something I noticed out on the Tahoe Rim Trail this year is that when you got to trailheads, there's a couple of very dry areas and people will leave out bottles of water
1: for the Mm -hmm. hikers. It's great.
0: We were talking about trail towns. I always have to ask this because I love Vermont so much. Where did you stay in Vermont? I'm always curious because, like I said, there's places there I've stayed at a few times. Did you stay at, well, did you stay at the Yellow Deli or uh, somewhere else when you went through Rutland or went to Killington? Oh,
1: we didn't stay at the Yellow Deli. We ate at the Yellow Deli, but we ended up staying in a hotel.
2: Yeah, we, had, we, were, we had a pretty
1: big group then when we went through there.
2: Yeah, so, yeah and we, we kind of,
1: hotel.
2: Rutland kind of turned into like a a vortex for us. <laughs> we were there for three or four days, like we were. You could, hit a trailhead and come back like we were we were pretty blessed the for a good portion of the second half of the trail like um we had a another fellow hiker he he jumped off the trail but he wanted to continue the trail experience so he like drove down and got his car and so he just basically drove with us from Rutland all the way to uh Katahdin uh so we were able to keep bouncing back and forth into the towns easily.
1: Yeah, because he would the, just shuttle us.
2: Shout out to Keto. Yeah, his <laughs>
1: name's Keto. He's great. We're still, we're still actually in contact with him. So yeah. Wow,
0: that's great. Definitely yeah. You mentioned place. him in your YouTubes, right? It's yeah, it's yeah. in your YouTube videos, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, Rutland there's a lot to offer there. I when I went through there, it was I was like on the maybe the back end of the bubble. And it was so crowded. Uh, going to the Walmart, it's funny. I I needed I needed fuel, and I go to the going to the Walmart, and I look around. There's like seven or eight hikers all staring at the shelf, saying, "Where's the fuel?"
1: Yeah, same for us when we were there. There was people outside the Walmart charging their phones and just like little yeah little groups all over, just kind of resupplying and stuff. So yeah, it was definitely a a very busy town.
0: Yeah, they offer a lot to hikers. I mean, there's a lot of amenities. You got if the staying in a hostel isn't your thing, then uh, there's hotels there. Uh, Yellow Dell, you ate there? Fantastic
2: food. Huh?
1: Yeah, it was delicious.
2: Yeah, we uh like the the thing with hostels for us. Not to kind of get off sidetrack, but um, it it always made more sense for us to stay in a hotel being a couple because we would actually end up probably paying more at a hostel than you would if you, or equivalent would be about the same uh, than staying at a hotel because they charge for individual person at hostels, even though we would be in the same bed or stay in the same tent, like they were like, no, it's per person. Per person. And so we we had, we stayed at a hostel maybe three or four times and the rest were We
1: stayed at some really good
0: ones. Yeah. 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 I had met hikers in different trips on EAT and I've heard that from other couples as well. This is, you know, financially and, you know, you want your privacy, your privacy, you know, if you're hiking by yourself, maybe you you want that more social experience, but if you're hiking with a partner or a spouse, you might want that alone experience. You're not going to get that in a hostel for sure.
1: Yeah, (laughs) definitely not.
0: (laughs) When did you guys finish? I, you know, I've been following your videos, but your videos aren't there. You're not to the finish line yet, as I as I said. I believe video seven, you are in New Hampshire, is it? Or the la- the last video I watched, day one eighty six, were you in New Hampshire or were you in Maine?
2: In that we're visit? in Maine. We're for at one eighty six, we are ten days from finishing. So we we finished on September sixteenth. We were shooting to finish on September fifteenth, which was my birthday, um, but the mountain was like socked in it was really windy and we wanted it to be like a a better day so like we just just, pushed it yeah we just hung out for my birthday and went the next day
0: celebrated your birthday relaxing a little bit more than laboring up yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) you could pick your
2: poison do I want to go up I don't know my birthday or sit here and just kind of chill for my birthday right (laughs) that's great it still ended up being really windy that day though like we i think it was we had 40 knot winds and it was like 32 degrees
1: yeah it was very very cold it was there. a
2: there was definitely a big cold front that went through like the next week people were in shorts and get again <laughs> so you know but it was still clear for us and it was a beautiful day so i'm not going to complain Right. i'll start with you on this question leo What did you feel like when you reached that sign, that
0: Katahdin sign? Um, Excitement,
1: but also kind of relief a little bit. I think that um, the whole through hike is a very long journey. So, I mean, it's kind of indescribable what you feel, because like I had already said, like, I want to do it again, but... At that moment, I'm like, "Yes, it's over, like I'm just you know so happy, so excited, but then it's like, I don't know it's it's very I had very mixed feelings, I guess I'll just say it like that.
2: Kevin, how about you? uh for me, it was excitement, but definitely uh sadness in that I didn't want it to end i like, I literally just wanted to yo-yo and <laughs> keep <laughs> <He did>. going. <laughs> Keep going back south. Like, I didn't want to get off the trail. Like, uh, for, I don't know, maybe a month or two months, like, I literally would just dream about hiking. You know, like, I, we'd still be hiking in my dreams every night. And I'm like, we got to get back out there. And, you know, so it I'm excited to get back out on the trail. It's almost addictive.
0: Most of the people, I'm not going to say all, but most of the people that I have either talked to or interviewed who are through hikers, whether it's a couple hundred miles or one of the big trails, they have the same experience. I want to do this again. I want to get back out there. It's like, you know, the sprained ankles, the stubbed toes, the blisters, the three or four days straight in the rain or the snow that's gone. Boom. Yep. Yep. You feel, this is something I want to do again.
1: Yeah, definitely. All that bad stuff goes away and you just want to get back out there.
0: And that's really what it's all about. I mean, if you finish up and, feel like you want to go back for more you had a great trip definitely you get off the trail and say eh, it was okay I won't do it again <laughs> I don't know if I've heard anybody say that I've heard yeah. I, I've had somebody say to me well that was really hard I'm not sure I'm ready for another through hike but
2: yeah definitely definitely is something that like you miss your tent it's your home you know as small as it is and you just want to get back into it even like when you were in towns and uh, you're staying in a, a nice hotel with a nice bed. It always felt better the, the first day back out on trail and getting into your tent and setting everything up. It just...
1: Because it's your home.
0: Yeah.
2: Again, I haven't hiked what you guys have hiked.
0: I haven't been out there that long. But when I've been out on the trail for five or six days and I stay in a hotel or a hostel, something feels just a little unnatural about it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> for me, the thrill tends to to wear away after I've taken my hot shower and taken my you know rested my feet for a little while. Then I'm like, okay, I can't wait till tomorrow and I can get back out on the trail.
1: Yeah, we can relate.
0: I have to ask this because people are always interested, especially non-hikers. Any interesting animal encounters out there?
1: I don't know about interesting, but I will say um one thing with Kevin is he's not good at spotting snakes at all. And so several times we'll be walking and most of the time he's in front of me because he goes a little bit faster and I'll be behind him and I'll see the snake he almost steps on it every time I yell and he's just like what what doesn't even notice so I will say that's a animal story I guess but yeah that's
0: a good one I can relate One
2: one I can relate to
1: right
2: Not just once, but several so yeah I just get into straight tunnel vision I guess when I'm on the trail but my my favorite I guess like we did see six bears um but I think that the porcupine is my oh, favorite yeah. <laughs> like like they have no care whatsoever about you like I like we seen him coming down uh the side of the hill and then he just gets on the trail and you know he was, he's like just waddling around in front of
1: yeah us. Like, like doesn't
2: even care and then he's like oh here's my turn turned off the trail and just kept on going like just completely disregarded that there's two massive humans <laughs> behind him he didn't just care <laughs> yeah yeah
0: i'm like you kevin i've had more than one occasion uh i'm hiking with somebody and uh, a story that comes to mind i got two of them one of this we were on a bushwhack and a guy hiking with me Grab my shoulder! I almost stepped on a black snake. They're they're not venomous, but they're a bit intimidating when you see them. They're they're long yeah. and could be a bit scary looking. And then hiking up the camel's hump, I was reaching up and thought it was just a branch. And then that branch slithered <laughs> <still> away. <laughs> I jumped. Oh, <laughs> no. I was like, "Whoa!" What the heck? <laughs> and that was just a little garter snake. Snake, but that little snake scared the heck out. Of
1: me. Yeah, um, I, I'm not a fan of snakes,
0: so. Now, moving on to gear. Do you guys have any major gear failures to, to report on?
1: I think the only thing that actually failed for us was our sleeping pads. Mm, yeah. uh, we had first, I think mine got a hole in it first and we tried to patch it. And that was only good for maybe a day or two. And Which then, was
2: the Nemo's.
1: Yeah, and then his got a hole in it. So, I mean, we had our backup, um, the Nemo switchbacks. So we use those. I mean, they're not the most comfortable things in the world, but they'll definitely help rather than sleeping on the ground when it's cold. But, um, yeah, I think that's our only real gear failure. We ended up just getting uh, new ones. The at The big Agnes. The NOC. Is that yeah. where we got new ones? Yeah.
2: And, and we don't even, in, so. we're not even sure what was causing them to get a hole in it because we always stayed in our tent. I think it was like a friction, like a, so like a, a just a wearing away and we had run into another hiker sobo that he's he had worked at REI and he was like yeah everybody comes in with these ones and he had recommended the big agnes as well but it was, coincidentally enough that was the only one that was available at yeah, REI but it's really durable and it wasn't loud and crinkly and so it worked out well yeah i've used a number of uh Air
0: mattresses. And I've had a great experience with Big Agnes. Just a little quick side note to that. I had one that started leaking after five years. Oh, I contacted wow. them and they said, send it to us. We'll see if we can fix it.
2: Oh, they nice. got back
0: to me almost immediately. And said, unfortunately, we can't find the leak. It's leaking. But what we will do for you is we'll send you a
2: new one. Oh, that's <laughs> that was five awesome. years later. That's like kind of what happened with like the Nemo, is Like I couldn't find um the hole at all like we, using yeah, all we of the, the techniques
1: technique and all I, I literally
2: filled it up in the bathtub with water and you know finally just kind of pushing on it you could just see it seep out it wasn't there was no hole that's why I was like I think it was just friction and we didn't even have that much time on it maybe a hundred miles like they were brand new ish before we started the yeah, trail ish. but I would say other than that um our GoPros Our GoPros are a big, they were a big headache, but it's because like they have the, we had the older batteries. Now they have these Enduro batteries. Uh, So like anytime, like if it's like 45 degrees, 45 to 50 and below, um, even if you had 70% on the the battery, it would just be like low, low power shutting down. And so you, we kept doing take after take trying to talk and it just shut off in the middle and it it would get really frustrating and
1: it was a bit of a headache
2: yeah and by it doing that sometimes it would corrupt some of the files so like we would lose a whole ton of um work like we lost a whole day's worth of video in the Smokies once and that was heartbreaking yeah
1: frustrating (laughs) because it was a really
2: beautiful day and you know but but we made it work
1: with what we could yeah. i guess
2: so but now we have enduro batteries and supposedly those go down to you know like single digits and hopefully we don't have that problem again right
0: we'll be back after a quick break you ever think about what might be in the water you're drinking every time you fill up your water bottles while you're in the outdoors i try not to and i really don't because i use soya water filters Sawyer filter technology because of their high standards Every filter is individually tested three times through the process. I've been using the permithrin product for years now to protect me from, well, quite frankly, ticks, and the Picaridin, to keep the flies at bay. Don't let bad water insects or a tick bite cut your trip short, or even ruin it. Use Sawyer products. Go to your local outdoor retailer and ask for Sawyer products, whether it's a water filter, insect repellent, they're likely to have it. You can also go to Sawyer's website and read more about these incredible high quality products that they offer those of us who enjoy the outdoors.
1: And then I think the last thing for gear is um, our water bottle. Or whatever we got holes in them a couple times the uh, catadon or yeah. whatever water filter yeah
0: i've heard people complain about that yeah
1: i think we had to replace two bags he had his uh um what's the notch,
2: no, the notch.
1: yeah notch, he had scraped his on a rock so i mean that's kind of his fault but mine i don't know where it came from
0: I've heard people talk about having that issue with this cat on end. It's a a great concept.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great filter. It works really, really well, except for, you know, that one issue. And it's not like it wasn't usable still. We still were able to use it until we got to town.
2: Yeah, she started off with with the the Sawyer. Sawyer And I
1: I ended up not liking that as much as I thought.
2: I could fill up all my bottles in the time that she... (laughs) She was done filling up her first one. That's how much faster the Canadine yeah. is.
0: What I like about it is, and I watched somebody that I, I was seeing on and off as I hiked this summer, it'd get to a stream and just fill up the bottle and and drink from it. There was no having <laughs> to yeah. squeeze and you know right. get both of his water filters. And on the AT, and there's areas where there's a lot of water sources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So. You can spend your day not having to give up maybe a half hour to filter your water. Yeah. Now, was there any gear you changed out just because you felt like it wasn't working for you or you wanted to get something better?
1: Um, I think just besides the sleeping pads and uh, switching from my Sawyer, not really. I did uh, try a new piece of gear on trail. Um, I had seen that a lot of people had an air pump that they would hook up to their pad and, <laughs> you know, and it would just pump right up. And I thought, cause I would normally do the inside chores and he would do the outside chores. So I would pump up both of our sleeping pads. So I thought, oh, this little air, you know, thing is going to be a lot quicker. And, but I would always forget to charge it when we were in town. So basically it just became something that was in my bag that I wasn't even using. So I ended up sending it home, but I don't know other than that.
2: I mean, I tried changing out my clothes.
1: Yeah, we changed. I went our back to my regular
2: a times. clothes. Like I went to those zip pants, you know, where you can just zip the uh, the legs off at the knee. Um, but which worked I,
1: for some people. Yeah,
2: but I I felt like my uh, like Adidas basketball shorts were just <laughs> like more free flowing on my legs mm-hmm. and not as tight. So in... I, like I I'd switched because it was during the uh, humid, hot, sweaty days. And my shorts were just constantly retaining all of the sweat. And I was like, well, maybe if I get like a lighter um, material, like the Columbia, you know, pants that it'll work and it didn't work with that either. And so I ended up just going back to my other clothes.
0: I've had that same problem and yeah, the waistband with me, that waistband never got dry.
2: Yeah. You know. It's so frustrating in the morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause you get up North, even in August, that's, that's, that'll wake you up real quick when you put on those wet pants. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned a GoPro, you had some issues early on with that. Yeah. And of course, you know, Murphy's law, it's never going to be the footage you took on that day when it was cloudy and a smokey and you couldn't see much past your maybe 20 feet or whatever. It happens on a, on a nice day.
2: Yep. But
0: other than that, what were some of the challenges, or you know, how did you go about all your videoing? Because that can't be easy. You're, you've got the GoPros with you, and then you know it's not just simply okay. We're going to upload this. You obviously put some time into this. Did some
2: editing with it. How was the, how did that work out for you? Um. So initially, we thought we were going to just use our Surface Pro. Um, we brought our Surface Pro to the trailhead with us, and we had tried editing a video with it once, and we were like, this isn't going to work. So we immediately put the the Surface Pro back in the car, and um, we just started using VM Editor off of our phones, uh, which is really quick. It does a lot of rendering really quick. Um, we use Soundstripe for music, and I think that was probably one of like the uh, linchpins to getting the, the videos done faster, because if you're not in internet area, you can't download the music. And so we never uploaded any videos that didn't have any music on it. So, like you know, the the most challenging part is finding the music, I think.
1: And I think, too, like when we had first started, we thought, oh, we'll just go in our tent at night and edit videos and it'll be nice and quick and easy. And, you know, we'll (laughs) upload them when we get to town. Well, that was fine in the beginning when it was getting dark at like, you know, 4.30, 5 o'clock, and everybody was going to bed early. But during the summer, and when we, you know, started meeting people and hiking with people, like, you kind of just want to hang out and experience the experience instead of being like, well, sorry, guys, I got to go in my tent and edit videos yeah. now. So I think that that was something we weren't really thinking about when we thought, oh, yeah, let's do YouTube videos. You yeah,
2: know Before we established a tramley like we would even when we'd go to the hotel we could just sit in the hotel and work all day but you know when you have your tramley and you go into a town and everybody's wanting to go out and do things
1: to you're not like
2: oh well sorry guys uh we gotta work on videos which we did yeah. sometimes but yeah. you know it, it kind of gets old and you know you're you just feel like you're missing out on the experience
1: so towards the end we that the reason we're so far behind now is we kind of made the decision to just film the videos, but not really edit and upload, kind of just focus more on the trail and the experience while we're there instead of worrying about the videos.
0: I, I ask that because, you know, those of us who enjoy watching these videos, it's easy for us not to really give a lot of thought into how much work goes into that. <laughs> and, yeah, Really? Yeah. And, yeah. and as somebody, I have a YouTube channel now myself and you know it's Martin outside anybody
2: who's interested
0: <laughs> editing videos it's a lot more work than a podcast
2: uh, I would say I, we average about two hours per video
0: yeah it's definitely more and my, from my you know perspective having you know now doing a podcast and a YouTube it's much more work to work with video
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, <laughs> you know, no 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 doubt about it but uh, and that's why, you know, I, the people I've talked to in the video, everybody sets out, I'm going to do this every day and I'm going to upload as frequently as I can. And I want to have my summit up there. Like, you know, almost after I finish it, no you guys are, are definitely in the majority of people who say, you know what, I'm out here to enjoy the trail. And it doesn't take you long to realize it's, there's a social aspect of the trail that adds to the experience you know yes. that makes it an, an even more positive experience. So yeah, it sounds like you reach that point where, well, you know, we don't want to miss out on the social part of it. That's part of the experience. So, right. like, yeah. so we get to enjoy your videos a little bit longer. But <laughs> we get to watch them.
1: <laughs> yeah, and even after the trail, we decided to just take like a couple of weeks, like a break from the trail, and just not edit or do anything like that. So, but I will say too, though, that um, that even though sometimes during the hike we kind of would be like, oh, we got to make this video or whatever, and kind of be like mad about it. I'm very glad that we did it. Cause I love looking back on, you know, the beginning of that hike and stuff and being like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Or I remember that day and we ran into this person and we did this. Like, it's really great to have those memories. And also for, um, Roper, the guy that we hiked with the older guy, uh, he loves them too. He loves to watch them and so he can remember things. So I think that that's great.
0: Yeah, I didn't video my hike this summer, but I did it with my middle son and took a lot of pictures and put it into a YouTube. And we both had the same response to it. It was like, how cool is that? That mm-hmm. yeah. we now yeah. forever can look back at this. You know, he'll have children one day and say, look what I did with your grandfather in yep. 2022. Right. always going to have that. It's not going to go away.
2: Yeah,
1: it's awesome. It's it's a great way to preserve your
0: hike so we live in good times yeah. <laughs> right it, it does and you know you're you're right I mean it hasn't been that long since I've videoed it but you know I can watch it right now and sit here and say oh my that was so much fun and on this day and when I filmed the day I took that picture was when we did this or that and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and it just immediately brings back great memories positive memories and reminds you that life is great life is good and you guys were fortunate I think it's pretty cool when I hear couples hiking together and you know there's Good and bad, and I've heard good story. You know, and sometimes when you spend that much time around somebody, it can be a bit challenging, right? So how'd you guys overcome that? Or was it even not even an issue of being together that long? You, you, that whole, you know, you're a couple, you know each other. And let's face it, we're most comfortable losing it losing it with the people we love. Right. Um, how do things work out for you guys as a couple hiking this?
1: Um, I say everything went pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we obviously, you know weren't a hundred percent like never fought or anything you know we did have some tiffs here and there but um I mean we're best friends we hang out whether we're on trail or off trail all day together anyways so
2: I yeah, mean, and, I mean think I think mean, it went pretty good. <laughs> good. good we've been married for 20 years and you know been together for 25 ish total so I mean I don't think that there was anything really different. It's just, I think we definitely it had a cheat code compared to other people who are just out there, uh, hiking it by themselves, you know, like, cause we can pull on each other to, to push each other through the, the bad days or be a, uh, like a voice box for listening to people's problems and stuff like that. You know, where some other people who are out there are with Tramley, but they might not feel as, Uh, easy to open up about their problems not as
1: comfortable to just vent you know and get stuff off your chest and then you know you can continue the rest of your day and be happy and you know some people might not have that or if you are feeling you know like oh why am I out here why am I doing this like we have each other to remind each other you know like this is just temporary you know this is just a bad day everything's going to be fine and so we have that support I think that
0: really first of all the person you love is going to be the most honest person you're not going to just hear some pep talk of well just got to embrace it you know soldier (laughs) on right you can count on each other to be honest and say well you know maybe we knew maybe we need to take a day off and relax a little bit if your foot's hurting let's get off the trail and rest or right i think in general couples who hike together who do these long distance trails together yeah they that that's a very positive side of it and it's like yeah you know anybody that's been married for any time, you're going to have disagreements. There's going to be things you don't agree on. And there's going to be those times. And yeah, those are the times that maybe you say, all right, I'm going to let him or her get a little bit ahead of me. And yeah, you know, <laughs> we just need a... do you have any sections or towns or states that you would call your favorite?
1: We were just talking about this um, just the other day. And I had asked, or he had asked me and he said, well, Maine and the, yeah, for, the northeast is my favorite. For
2: me it was just a good um refresher of why we're out there. You know, you go through uh like Pennsylvania and New York and Connecticut and there's just so much urbanness to that part of the trail and you're doing a lot of um long days with no views and yeah, you get to get the the delis on the side of the road and stuff like that but it just you you feel disconnected with the trail and as soon as you hit like vermont and new hampshire and maine it's like it all comes back to you right away and you get the massive views and you feel rewarded throughout the day Um, not to say that a lot of the other states don't have like they all have something but to me it might have just been it was the towards the end of the hike but um, I just think that Vermont New Hampshire and Maine were the most consistent I guess
1: yeah and then so for well I was kind of the same way but then looking back I'm like well I love the Smokies well I loved Virginia I loved New Jersey North which Carolina's is not Virginia's. very popular opinion but and I even loved parts of Pennsylvania like the, the fields, the, Yeah, the fields and the first couple towns when you get there, like it was beautiful. So I really couldn't pinpoint a favorite location. I think the whole thing, there's no way to pick for me.
0: I've come to this conclusion when I'm asked where my favorite place to hike was, wherever I hiked last, <laughs> wherever my last hike was. So you're
2: like me. You're like, oh,
0: <laughs> so what's yeah. most fresh in the brain? You've <laughs> talked about hiking through New York bear mountain where it's an area i've done a lot of hiking <laughs> what was yeah. it like when you hike through there i know that that area could get very very crowded
2: well, right that was a
1: tough one and the day that we hiked it it was so hot that day yeah. so all those like stairs the rock stairs oh that was it was brutal. it was like
2: mid 90s it was just really hot and we were like we didn't even again not knowing a lot about the trail for me i don't know if she did but like All I was like was thinking about, oh, you can see the academy across the way. Um, Not thinking as soon as you get to the other side, it's going to be this explosion of a thousand people. So it was definitely like a people overload as soon as you got to the other side. It was
1: very, very busy the day that we went through there.
2: We did get to the zoo. We
1: just made it in time. Yeah, Yeah. just
2: before it closed. So So we got
1: to, well, I got to see the bear. He didn't even get to see the bear because he sat down on a bench, and by the time that he was, I don't even remember what you were doing, but he was doing something, and by the time that he came over by the bear cage, they had already put the bear away, so he missed that part, but.
0: I took a group of Boy Scouts up there uh, back in 2015, I think it was, and we went into the zoo and looked around, and we were standing there looking at the bears, and I turned to the kids and said, now you can go home and say you saw a bear while you are out on your bike. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get a chance to go over to Anthony's nose while you were over there when you get on the other side of the Bear Mountain Bridge, which to me was kind of cool. It's a kind of a cool bridge to walk across and going across the Hudson River there. But did you uh, take a side trip over to Anthony's nose?
2: No, that's the like the mile and a half to two mile blue blaze, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not exactly like right off the trail. Yeah,
1: Yeah, we didn't make it up there. Yeah,
2: it didn't. That's another thing that I feel um, kind of bad about not being able to do some things like that when it just doesn't line up with your plan you know like you do see other people that did it and you're like oh it does look super beautiful over there but it's like when you start doing like the math for the miles that you needed to do for that day and it's like okay so it's like a mile and a half two miles to there and then back and then for us like we always had to like uh calculate roper's speed you know like he was 78 years old and we had to they'll be like like leah and i could have done it for sure but factoring in him doing it we would have been like four miles short that day because like i always planned the days to what he could do physically i guess you
0: know and it's easy when you're sitting at home looking at maps to say oh it's only you know it's only a little you know trip off the trail to get over there like i said by the time you guys got to New York you had a lot of miles you had already walked, so <laughs> yeah. the planning starts to change a little bit when it's like well I'm gonna hike 18 or 16 miles today I'm now looking at adding another two on to that right. it's yep
1: yeah
2: you get pretty good at like fine-tuning what you can do for the day like I don't think that we ever miscalculated we were like spot on for this is what we're going to be able to do. And we hit it every day. So like, that's where it was like, there's no room for error in our calculations usually for long side trails, which is unfortunate. It gives you an excuse to go back yeah, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and
0: not to make you feel bad. Anthony's nose is pretty cool. I've been fortunate. <laughs> we heard about t- it. Like-
1: yeah. We've seen pictures and stuff and yeah.
0: I mean, expect a lot of people up there if you're there on the weekend in the summer. But if you do it, you want to try to plan it so you can have your lunch up there too. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Now, let me ask you about Roper. because you, You've brought him up a few times. And and as, as I said, I, I'm familiar with him from your YouTube. Tell us a little bit about your friend Roper.
2: Uh, so early on uh, on the trail, it was like mile 113. We were like at Siler Bald. Is when we first ran into him. So he was going, we were doing the like, I don't know, it's like a point two blue blaze up to Silerball to see like a 360 uh view. And we were on our way back down, and he was on his way up. He had his pack on and he's like, Oh, does the trail go that way? And um, I was like, Yeah, there's a roundabout up there, just hit the roundabout and come right back down and trace down there. And he's like, he, he just looked at me and he's like you're in me and I was like like
1: this guy's serious this guy's serious
2: <laughs> I was like hey just take your pack off right here you know because it was a really steep hill and uh go up there see the view come back down and you'll be okay and uh so later on that night he ended up being at the same place that we were camping at um with a a couple Two brothers that we had known before, and they were like, "Oh yeah, did you ever did you see Roper?" And we're like, "Who's Roper?" Because we didn't introduce ourselves yet to that guy or to Roper. And um, they're like, "He's a really old guy. He's probably confused." And we're like, "Oh, yep, we ran into him." him. (laughs) But um, so he ended up rolling into camp late that night, and we got to talking and found out he was in the Navy and I was in the Navy and he was on submarines and I was on submarines and it kind of just kicked off from there. And, you know, we hiked every day together uh, from then on. And, you know, even, you know, kind of like spoilers, uh, our last video show, like even two months after we went and seen him, like he lives four four hours away from us and on our way back, From the trail, we did like a two month driving tour across the country and um, he had a presentation. So we, you know, went up there and helped him with his presentation and, you know, did a lot of reminiscing and Keto and Magnolia were there as well. So it was really good.
0: Thanks to the age we live in, the age of, you know, social media and being able to communicate much more effectively. These are relationships you're probably going to have for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, definitely. We, I mean, he texts all the time and we plan to go see him and stuff like that. So we'll definitely be in contact with him for a long time.
0: That's great. Now, if you're going to plan this today, what would, is there anything I should say? Is there anything you would do differently?
1: I think that something I would like to try to do differently if we were going to do it again is kind of focus more on hiking our own hike instead of letting, because something that we would do, we're very friendly people, <laughs> I think, and maybe people pleasers. And so when we would get with a group of people, um, we cut, you know, if, if somebody wanted to do something, and it wasn't really on our list of things to do, we'd compromise a little bit and be like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. You know, we can cut the day short, or we can take a zero, even though we weren't going to, or, we can do this and that. I I kind of think that maybe hiking our own hike should have been a little bit more important to us. So that's something that I think I would change. Not to say that I would change anything about the hike that we did, um, but that's something that I would take into consideration a little bit more.
2: I Just adding to that, because like I, I don't know if I would change much like that. I might still try to be a people pleaser. <laughs> like cause we did run into um, you know, great people like yeah. Magnolia and Keto and Five Eleven. Um like Five Eleven is a really awesome dude. And we wouldn't have ran into him if we weren't stopping and waiting for other groups of people. And so it's you, it's just like a, a branch, you know, that is grown through all these different avenues of the way you direct yourself in life, and I just, I think it's amazing that it did turn out
1: right. Great. It, so. it, like I said, I wouldn't change anything about this hike at all, um, but I would just kind of take that into consideration or give that advice to somebody who's planning on hiking. Like, you know, maybe that's just something to think about
0: at this point. It sounds a bit cliche-ish we hear it all the time but you know hike your own hike yeah
1: I definitely thought that I've heard I heard <laughs> that a lot of times you know before we started and I don't think I really understood like what it, like what it really meant I was like duh you're gonna hike your own hike you know what does that even mean and you know I get it now
2: so but like I said I, I think that if we did if we would have hiked our own hike we wouldn't have met the people that we did you know like our compromising. our led to uh, lifelong friendships.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes you have to have some flexibility
2: when it comes to that,
0: as I said earlier.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: It's social. You know, we think of it as throwing a backpack out and hiking 2,200 miles, but no,
1: it's social.
0: And we shouldn't deny ourselves that opportunity.
1: Right, that's something that I don't think I really even considered before we started hiking was how much social aspect was really like a part of it. You know, I just focused mainly on what gear I'm going to bring and what sights I want to see along the way and stuff like that. I didn't really think about all of the other things that go along with it.
0: I felt that the first time I solo backpacked, you know, I was at the mindset, I'm going to start here and hike for two weeks, you know, just me hiking. But yeah, then you meet some people, you have something in common with them. When you go into town, it's like, well, instead of doing this, yeah, I'll go have a slice of pizza with this person or have a beer right. with them. And but, you know, and I look back at it like, oh, it, that was part of the enjoyment. You know, I mm-hmm. got to know that person and have some laughs with them. And yeah, yeah, definitely. So what advice you mentioned about telling people, you know, hiking your own hike what advice would you have to somebody who say came to you right now? Pretend it's me. What advice would you have if I'm considering through hiking the AT next year?
1: Um, for me, I think I would say that um, on bad days, you got to take a step back and just think of the bigger picture. Like if you feel like, you know, you want to quit or things aren't going like you thought or or anything, you know, just kind of step back. Don't be so much in that moment right there when it's bad and think about all of the, you know, the good things that you've done or that you will do. And just kind of, I mean, you got to kind of just push through. I think that's what I would say.
2: I would say um, <clears throat> take everything with a grain of salt when it comes to planning or what what the next day is going to be. Like, what could be really hard for one person can be easy for another person. You know, there's a lot of like fear mongering, or um, you got to have the lightest gear. You know, like I I carried anywhere between 40 and 50 pounds the entire time. And it, as soon as the pack was on my back, it, I didn't feel the weight difference really. And it's, it was a matter of what I wanted for my creature comforts or like what I needed to make like the video and power banks and stuff like that, or like extra clothes or, you know, just packing whatever people call packing your fears. But Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't get into your head on what other people say, but get out there and do what you feel like, you know, like do what you feel like you can do in a day or, you know, um, when, when it comes to like mountains that are like really hard or like days that you feel like are going to be hard, just know that like everybody else, like there's been like a thousand other people that did it this year already as well, you know, in thousands the years before, and if they can do it then you can do it you know like there was an 83 year old man that did it this year if (laughs) if he can get out there and do it you know um maybe you can do it you know just take it like leo was saying look at a big picture but like take it one step at a time you know one mile at a time and and definitely stop and always appreciate everything at those sites um for like a quote that 511 you know would tell us you know like he, he, I think he's 63. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't think, he doesn't know if he'll ever do the the AT again. But so like every time we would get to like a, a, an overlook, he'd be like, all right, take it in. Probably never going to see this again. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you would sit, you just spend like a couple minutes just like being appreciative of where you are. And I think that that helps you get to the next mm-hmm. day, you know?
1: It helps you look at the picture. Yeah,
0: Great advice from both of you. And, you know, as far as back to hiking your own hike, Kevin, you're right. I mean, don't sit there and watch what other people are doing on YouTube and say, well, I got to get my pack as light as I can get it, right? It's a mistake a lot of people make. If you need a heavier sleeping pad and, or a mattress, and I'm in that category, I'm getting it. I'm going to get a good a good, night, right. good night's sleep, right? If you need yeah. those little creature comforts, you're out there a long time. You want to succeed at this. You want to get the Katahdin. So if you got to carry a little extra weight to get you there so you can get a good night's sleep or you can eat the type of food you want to eat, that, right. then do that. Don't get caught up in saying, I got to get my pack weight down to 10 pounds. Don't go overboard. Don't bring the things you don't need, but don't cut out the things that are going to start to affect your the enjoyment. Right. So finishing up here, guys, what do you have next? What's next on the agenda? Are you guys going to hit another trail? Because you you know, last time we talked, which was close to a year ago, you know, you guys were, I think, just retired. Kevin had just retired at that time. You guys were pretty busy. It seems like you guys were going to be going into a nomadic type of lifestyle, going to be traveling. So what's next for you guys?
2: So um, you can't really, this is a podcast, so you can't see my hat, but um, we are scheduled to start the PCT on March 15th. We, uh, we already got our permit. And so we're getting prepared for that.
0: And I'm assuming you guys will be videoing that for our enjoyment as well. <laughs> yes.
2: <Yep. laughs>
0: That's great. Looking forward to that. That's great. Glad to hear that. Because I know we had talked about, you know, your plans where you'd like to go do more trails and you're sticking to that plan. And, and that is just so cool to hear. Yeah, and this could end up on YouTube. I'm playing around with putting some of the videos up there and i did notice the hat kevin by the way i saw that i said i hope i hope this is a sign they're going to the pct next year all right guys before we sign off how do we find you what's the youtube channel or if you have any social media
2: still uh kevin and leah on youtube and um Kevin underscore and underscore <laughs> Leah on Instagram. I need to get I need to change that or make that better. Make but. it a
1: little easier. But yeah, still the same yep. social media. So
0: well, we'll make sure we put links to that in the description for this episode. Awesome. Uh Kevin and Leah, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast and sharing your experience, not just in your videos on YouTube, but with our podcast audience here. I, I really appreciate
2: that. Thank you. Well, yeah, we really appreciate you having us. Yeah. And if I could just say one One last thing that I I learned from the trail is um, even if you're not sure that you can do the AT, if anybody's listening, just at least get out and hike in your local area, do a backpack, do like a one night or two night and just get back out into nature is what I'd say.
0: Well said, my friend. Best of luck next year on the PCT. We're looking forward to following that adventure and maybe having you, you yeah, maybe you guys will be willing to come back on and share that with us. It's been a lot of fun.
2: For sure.
0: Everybody, you heard it out of Kevin's mouth. We try to inspire people to get outside. You don't have to go hike the the entire AT. Find a place close to home. Get outside, go out, take a walk, do something. It's beautiful. It's winter. Go out and snowshoe, enjoy this beautiful (laughs) weather we're having. Get outside and have some fun. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done so yet, go to our website, PapaBearHikes.com. Listen to past episodes. Check us out on social media. Go to our YouTube channel, Martin Outside. All those links are there. In addition to that, you can buy our book or see what you're missing out on if you're not a Patreon member yet. Remember to get outside, have fun, and be safe. This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity.